tomorrow will mark the March for Our Lives rally, protest, whatever event you want to call it, will be taking place underway, led by the students from Parkland, such as David Hogg, who I'll have to talk a little bit about. Trump also selected John Bolton as the next national security advisor, and there's an omnibus spending bill. All this and a little more coming up. Welcome, welcome listeners. It is Friday, March 23rd, 2018, and this is indeed another edition of the Fritzcast. How are you all doing today? If Right now it is, it is 4.30 in the afternoon. I just wrapped up one full week of being a field training officer for brand new officers that just graduated our training academy that now get a crash course in the facility that I work in, in a program that I very much help develop and take off the ground. And this this week has been really, it's been a really fun, fulfilling week, and it kind of went by in the blink of an eye. I uh, developed a good rapport with, uh, with these officers that uh, are newly sworn in and newly graduated. And uh, the, the part of it is new leadership in the training program that have, has brought in Pretty good activities, pretty good uh, team building uh, assessments and uh, fun little things to do on the side as, as well as c- keeping in focus the seriousness and the severity of the training. Getting a lot more people involved in it and it is it has been very fulfilling. This week just to sit back and go, yeah, you know what, I have, I've been a part of this. I've, bu- I've helped build this up and it's becoming something bigger than what it was attended what it what it was what it, bigger than what it was intended to be. And that is something that is I mean I take pride in that. I take pride in knowing that I was selected as part of the group to help kickstart this thing off and now it's really evolving to the next level of where it needs to be. And it's it's great to see that. It's great to see a group this group has been very enthusiastic, very uh Shoulder to the wheel, push along. I didn't. I, I've said that reference already. What I don't know what it is with the Mormon references creeping in my head and all that. But these guys really want to get their get their claws dirty and, and get to work. And I it, to get to have that type of enthusiasm in this world where a lot of my generation of millennials don't have that type of work ethic. Uh, crazy, crazy to me. To have such people motivated to hit the ground running in a in a prison, no less. I mean, hey, more power to them, and the program works a little bit better when we have enthusiastic participants, not people who are just you know, oh, I needed a job, you know. So that's been something that's that's been cool. I only had to work a handful of four to midnight shift this past week, so it's it's been kind of nice. To have that break up and I get to have it again next week with this weekend off. That's a beautiful feeling. My God, having a weekend off, that's that's unheard of in this day and age of my my job duties, my job, my, my facility, my department overall. 
So that has, I mean, it's really been a fulfilling thing. It, it is nice to see hard work paying off and evolving and becoming more crucial and people taking it more seriously and becoming more involved in it. it, it that That is a great thing, and it brings me a great deal of pride, and I'm happy to say it's been working out that way. On the on the other note, um, if you if you paid attention to the Facebook page or the Twitter, you saw the video I put out about the hole in my floor, and um, been working on that. That's that's the problem. You get so busy that like you try to do a house pro, you try to do a housing project, you know, at home. You try to do something on your own to better your house, and you just run out of time. Or like. For example, yesterday my wife uh, got down with the sickness and not in the way that Disturb tells you to get down with the sickness. Um, something came up and something came up and bit bitter, I guess you know. So she's got uh, she's she's under the weather, uh, so she's probably not going to want to participate in the floor project tonight. However, I intend to, I would say hit the ground running, but there's a lack of it in that bedroom. There's a lack of ground to hit. Well, no, there is actually, there is. If you go through the hole in the floor, there's lots of ground. There's lots of ground and gravel and, and dirt. The crawl space of my house. I could hit that ground running. I don't want to, though, because of the goddamn albino spiders from hell. I don't want to deal with those things. But I intend to work on that, and you know, I'll probably play some podcasts in the background, catch up on the radio show. That's the only downside to this 8 to 4 business. That actually is two downsides. I can't listen to podcasts as much as I normally would because you want to spend I want to spend time with my wife. So and she doesn't like all the politics and all the crap that I listen to that I jam into my head and research, you know, painstakingly sometimes. She doesn't like that or is interested in in it as much as I am. So I kind of lose out on that when I am on, you know, 8 to 4. And I lose out on the opportunity to, like, ride my bike for an hour and a half or go to the gym for an hour and a half because for the same reason. And on a night like tonight when she's sick, like, I'll work on that floor, probably put in the next set of subflooring. And uh, after I put in two boards of subflooring, it'll, you know, I'll call it a day because I'll have to rip up the final third of the bedroom and get ready to put in the final third of the subflooring. But it is what it is, as they say. I mean, also this past week too. I mean, like this training week, uh, it dumped nearly a foot of snow here in Delaware. Dumped a foot of snow in this whole tri-state region. Region it would seem. Uh, I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday night and a Wednesday. We had just just a blizzard, big fat wet snowflakes. And now on a not on a day like right now, right now I don't even know. What the temperature is? Um, um, uh, hey Siri, what is the temperature right now? Burr. It's forty-four degrees outside. Yeah, it's not actually burr though, Siri. I'll, I'll tell. I, I will digress. Siri might be saying burr at forty-four degrees, but it is actually very mild outside. I rode home with the windows down, blaring music. And it was quite comfortable. I was wearing a big, thick fleece jacket, but but it was I had the windows down, and it was nice in my book. So all that snow, and and now it's pretty much all melted. And all this, all this on on the verge of you know the first day of spring. 
and it wasn't very spring, and now hopefully, hopefully it rolls in the spring, and it stays that way. That would be nice. That would be, it'd be nice to have weather corresponding with the season, if you know what I mean. Just like it would be nice to have light later at night. And by the way, Marco Rubio, you know, if you don't know Marco Rubio's name, <laughs> he's former Republican presidential candidate from the 2016 election cycle from Florida. He, he suggested putting in a bill to permanently instill daylight savings time, a- a.k.a. eliminate time jumps. And you know what? I'm 100% for it. I'm 100 why, why do we... My sister lives in Arizona. If she's listening right now, and I hate you. All right? And your entire family... Just for the fact that you don't have to go through this ludicrousness anymore. She lives in Arizona. Arizona does not follow daylight savings time. They don't do time jumps, okay? They don't toy with the timeline. Such as the rest of America does. (laughs) Where, Where twice a year we fall back during the November month. And we gain an hour. We all love that bit. Let's not lie. We love gaining an hour because we sleep an extra hour. That's what that we love gaining an hour. Give us an hour every day extra, and we'll take it. All right. But this spring forward in 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 uh, not in March. Well, yeah, March. It happens in March, right? Doesn't happen in February. It happens in March. This spring forward bullcrap where we lose an hour and jump ahead. Like no. How about we just not? We get it. Winter sucks. We get that you do it so that there's a balance of more daylight in the in the morning time. But I hear stupid arguments all the time for it. Like you know, and I, I swear it's it's so petty. It's it's such a petty argument. But people are like, oh, I don't like it dark in the morning when I wake up. Get over it. It's winter time. It sucks. It's cold. It's dark. Winter will be over soon enough. It'll be spring. It'll be light out again. We like our nights lasting till eight thirty, nine o'clock of daylight. You know that's what we want. That's what we need. I don't care. I know winter time's just gonna suck, and I don't really care anymore. Just let it suck. So Marco Rubio gets points for that. It's probably the only points I can give him, but you know, credit where it is due. Credit where it is due. Now, one of the things that I did want to talk about, maybe not extensively, because I still haven't had the time to to research this one on my own, nor has one of my favorite senators, Rand Paul. But Rand Paul deserves some credit here, because on his Twitter yesterday... He got his hands on the omnibus bill. The omnibus bill for spending for this year. Um it is it's a 1.3 trillion spending bill. Okay, 1.3 trillion. 1.3 trillion dollars in in additional spending. Do people not understand that a lot of the Republican Party ran on the premises during the Obama years 
that the government was spending too much. It was spending too much. It was doing too much. And that was one of the biggest harping points, the, the spending of the government. And the, and the Republicans running vowed, they vowed that they would cut spending. They said they would cut taxes, which we can talk about. We could debate about Trump's tax cuts going in. I don't see that as a success. I don't see the bill that they passed for it as a success because I'm not going to sit here and sing the praises of something that cuts the taxes but does not cut the spending of the government. You can't cut one without the other. I mean, you could spend, you could cut spending without cutting taxes. You should cut taxes and you should cut spending. But that's not what happens in our government anymore. That's that's not that's not what that's not what they do. Okay, and Rand Paul last night got to 600 pages. 600 pages of a bill that was... I'm just scrolling through his Twitter timeline here. A bill that is 2,232 pages, $1.3 trillion in spending that these guys that the House already started voting on as of the 22nd, yesterday, Rand Paul printed out all 2,232 pages. He's holding it like a giant, like, four Bibles stacked on top of each other thick sat it on his desk and read up to 600 pages and live-tweeted his reading of 600 pages of it, which took him hours. It took him all day to print the damn bill. And it took him hours to read it. And he has a series of tweets in which he talks about what exactly he found in that bill. That bill that probably a lot of your representatives didn't bother reading or won't bother reading. A bill that wasn't even probably debated with spending from both sides of the aisle, both Democrats and Republicans. Spending that's probably stuffed in there to appease both sides. And they're going to vote on it. And all those Republicans that vote yay on it, that ran, that ran and promised you that they would cut government spending. Now, like, like, let's take a step back real quick. The government spending money. Okay, I get it. There's government spending. I'm not saying the government should never spend a dime ever. I get that there's government spending. I get that there's things that are going to need to be funded and all that. But it should not be unchecked, and it should not go back and forth in this pissing contest that these politicians do in order to, oh, you guys want money for X? Well, we need money for Y. We need equal money or more for Y. And then they they, they bounce back again. Well, you're not getting money for Y unless we get money for X and Z. And then they go back again and they say, fine, we'll agree to that, but you have to give us money for A, B, and C. 
That's what they do. That's at least what it seems like they do. Instead of saying, is that even a worthy expenditure? Is it even a necessary spending? Instead of saying that, instead of debating that, instead of looking and analyzing government spending and efficiency in spending, and whether that's positive dollars or negative dollars, instead of doing all of that stuff, they go in this tit-for-tat until they get what they want, and there is no compromise. That's not really even compromise. It's just throwing money at both sides so they get what they want. Here was Rand Paul on Tucker Carlson last night after pouring through some of this bill, which I don't even know how you could have done without a giant bottle of a leave and a fifth of Jack. Paul of Kentucky joins us now. Senator, we asked uh, over a dozen Republicans who voted for this to come on. None would do it. Um, the people who wrote this, were they here for the 2016 election? You know, I'm kind of old school. I think you ought to read the bills, you know, before we vote on them. This is a 2,200-page bill. We got it last night at midnight. I've been working all day diligently through the bill, and I'm up to page 600. But, you know, I've still got quite a bit of ways to go to read the bill. As far as the content of the bill, this could have been written by President Obama and liberal Democrats. When I ran in 2010, when we had that Tea Party tidal wave, we were opposed to President Obama's spending, and we were opposed to President Obama's trillion-dollar deficits. This bill will give us a trillion-dollar deficit this year. Paul Ryan uh, is, of course, ultimately responsible for this as the head Republican in the House. D I mean, these are his priorities, I assume, but they're so out of whack with the parties of the, uh, the priorities of the party. I think, I think this is why people are so upset with politics, because when the Republicans are out of power, when they're in the minority, they are the conservative party. But then when they get in the majority, there is no conservative party. Democrats don't care about spending any of the time. Republicans seem to care about it when they're criticizing Democrats. But now that Republicans are in charge, Republicans are like, Katie, bar the door. You talked about border security. I'm, I'm flipping through the pages today reading the bill, I find out there is money for border security in Tunisia, in Jordan. We have border security money in the Middle East, but not border security money for the U.S. So I'm just concluding that the people who run the Republican Party in the House anyway just don't want increased border security. No, what it is is this. It's an unholy alliance. The unholy alliance between Republicans and Democrats is this. Republicans are not fiscally conservative on the military. They want unlimited spending on the military. Right. Democrats say, we'll give it to you. We're not really opposed to it. We'll give you the military spending if you give us the domestic spending. So really the unholy alliance, the unholy compromise has been going on for decades is we really actually have too much compromise in Washington. Of They're course. always compromising to raise spending and increase the debt. Really quick, are you going to stop this? You're going to shut down the government over this? You know, it's never been my goal to shut down government, but my goal is to say that we should be for balanced budgets, limited spending, less debt, and we should be for reading the bills. So I'll continue to advocate that. Whether they, they can roll over me, I'm in the minority. There'll be about 10 Republicans that vote, maybe 15 Republicans vote no on this in the Senate. Maybe a handful of Democrats. Yeah. But they will win. The, the majority will win. But it's Republicans and Democrats joining hands together to blow a hole in the debt. I know you're going back up the hill. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it, Senator. The Unholy Alliance. Of comp of not compromising or compromising on spending by just saying, okay, you can have the money for that thing. Give us money for this thing and this thing. No, we won't give you money for that thing and that thing unless you give us the first thing that we wanted and the third thing that we wanted and the sixth thing that we wanted. That is probably killing America faster 
than anything else. And I this is why I like Rand Paul. Because he's not afraid to say it, and he's not afraid to say, you know what, I'm not voting with my party on it. Why would I vote for this big, big, honking huge bill that not even everybody has read? And my God, if you just go to Rand Paul's Twitter, you can just scroll through several, tw- a big thread of tweets. Um, I, I mean, some of this is just, um, some of them are monstrous grant programs. Some of them are uh, uh, $961 million to destroy our chemical weapons. Yes, we have chemical weapons. We have a million dollars for the Cultural Antiques Task Force, $6.25 million for Ambassadors Fund for Cultural Preservation, $20 million for countering foreign state propaganda, $12 million for countering state disinformation and pressure, $5 million for Vietnam Education Foundation grants, $2.579 million for Commission on Security and Cooperation in Europe, $15 15 million to USAID for promoting international higher education between universities. 2.696 billion for international disaster assistance, which I mean, you know, some of these things might not necessarily be bad, but some of them might be questionable. I mean, then there's more and more and more and just the breakdown of all this money that doesn't even exist or that will be borrowed. Okay? And and here's one of the tweets from Rand Paul, page 376 of Terrible Rotten No Good Budget Budget Busting Bill. I found it. I found it. Border security. What President Trump wanted. No, wait a minute. Section says defense can spend what it funds it determines to enhance the border security of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, and Tunisia. We're talking about border security funding for other Nations now. Other nations. Not even America anymore. Other nations. So, look into what your senator or your representative is doing when it comes to this bill. Have they read it? What are they voting on it? Do they know what's in it? Big, big deal. Now, flipping back to Parkland and the Parkland shooting... Broward County seems to be like a department in distress. Seems like a department that doesn't have all its ducks in a row or just is just plain unprofessional to the extreme. Because it was reported this past week, okay, that the school resource officer assigned to Stony Man, Douglas High, the one that replaced the one that was suspended for doing nothing the day that the shooting occurred, okay? So we're talking about a replacement resource officer at that school was caught sleeping on duty in his car, all right, in his squad car, outside the very building where the shooting happened. And surprisingly, not a lot of people focused and talked on that for some reason. I don't know how... People, when they talk about the Parkland shooting, all right, and the shooter, mind you, this was the same day that there was two arrests at Stony Man Douglas High on unrelated events, one of which was the shooter's brother. 
The shooter's brother trespassed. He trespassed twice on that school property. Twice in that day, and that got him arrested. Twice did the original shooter's brother wander the property to, quote, soak it all in. And so he was arrested and committed because of mental health issues. And obviously, you know, great. But twice he tr- twice he trespassed. And they find that school resource officer, the one that's assigned to that school, following a school resource officer being suspended for his actions on the day of the shooting, sleeping in a squad car outside the very building where it happened. You tell me... Who is sane enough to let that happen? Who is sane enough if you're working in that department and you're assigned to that school considering that it had a very large shooting, a very large mass shooting that left 17 children dead, and you're going to tell me you don't have your P's and Q's in line to not be dumb enough to sleep in your squad car? Really? Really? Maybe I'm a harsher critic because of my law enforcement background. But that seems pretty goddamn stupid. Pretty goddamn stupid. What is wrong with Broward County Sheriff's Department? And how come that wasn't talked about? That was glossed over. It was glossed over because, you know, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow is the March for Our Lives, led by Planned Parenthood, which... While Planned Parenthood has taken a step away and tried to, you know, move away from the Louis Farrakhan business, because that did splash in the news. Jake Tapper from CNN, I'll give Jake Tapper his props. He doesn't mind um, throwing stones on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Jake Tapper does not mind throwing stones on both sides of the aisle and picking fights where fights are due to be picked. I'll, I'll give the guy that. And I'll give his reporting credibility that. But, um, yeah, you know, Planned Parenthood, one of the biggest jokes I'm reading on conservative media's stuff right now is how Planned Parenthood is leading the march for our lives when they are A-OK with abortion and stuff like that. It's a completely different topic, completely unrelated topic to violence in schools. But it is what it is. Thanks to March for Our Lives, we have several states coming up with bills for uh gun bans um ban ban on assault weapons which there's a, there's an assault weapons ban there's an automatic there's an automatic weapons ban in play i hope everybody realizes that a automatic rifle or an automatic gun does not americans we can't buy automatic weapons all right there's no automatic weapons that you can per, that you can legally purchase can somebody modify something to automatic pos- possibly. I assume so. People can make bombs. All right. Austin, Austin, Texas just had a big issue with a bomber, a serial bomber, who, as the police were closing in on him, blew himself up. All right. And it wasn't it wasn't a Middle Eastern person of, you know, Arabic descent who was Islamic. It was a white guy. It was a white guy who uh, I believe was a Christian. But at the end of the day, these are the things that the news is nitpicking and trying to point and make matter. That's what the news is going for. That's that's the things that they're trying to make matter 
in these things. And it doesn't make sense to me because at the end of the day, if you build a bomb and you intend to kill people or scare people for whatever reason, doesn't matter what your religious ideology is, doesn't matter what your skin color is, what matters is the fact that you thought it was okay to make bombs and scare people and or kill people, which makes you a terrorist. Makes you a terrorist, makes you crazy, and that is what it is. It's evil, is what it is. But this is America. We need things to fit certain narratives, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what comes of the March for Our Lives tomorrow led by the Parkland students, uh, probably not including uh, Kyle Keshev, who is uh, one of the fringe students from Parkland who absolutely is promoting things like the Stop School Violence Act, calling for bipartisan legislation, creator of the Reach Out app, but also supporting the Second Amendment unlike some of his fellow Parkland students who are absolutely pushing the other narrative. So it'll be interesting to see what comes from that. We have this omnibus spending bill. Uh, Donald Trump just appointed Warhawk John Bolton to, what did I say it was, uh, National Security Advisor. Um, and this is a, this is a very promising right here from Caitlin Collins who stated quote Trump and Bolton have been discussing for weeks how he could replace McMaster according to what a source familiar with those negotiations told me Bolton promised Trump quote he wouldn't start any wars end quote if he was selected him as the new national Security advisor. John Bolton is a very, very sketchy character from everything that I can see. He's been dubbed a war hawk and is an advocate for regime change in Iran and North Korea. I don't like people who come up with regime change because regime change has worked oh so well up till now. Oh so well up to now. He'll be taking office April 9th, 2018. Oh, I mean, I, you know, always give people, I guess their due, and their chance. But this is his track record, all right? And he was in office as the 25th United States Ambassador to United Nations from August 2nd, 2005 to December 31st, 2006 with George W. Bush. He was third Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security Affairs from May 2001 to July 31st, 2005 for George W. Bush. Before that, he was the 18th Assistant Secretary of State for International Organization Affairs from May 22nd, 1989, just a few days before my very birth, to January 20th, 1993, for George W. Bush's dad, George H. W. Bush. He was uh, the United States Assistant Attorney General for the Civil Division from 88 to 89 with Ronald Reagan. And that's his. that's the extent of his career in politics and his military service he does have military service with the United States Army and the Maryland Army National Guard um, but I, I'm not optimistic about that at all and I'm not optimistic about tomorrow's March for Our Lives I will pay attention to it I will see I will hear out people giving the arguments but just up till now I have been very much against it 
and against those ideas. So, guys, it's going to be uh, this is a short week. This is a short episode for me for this week, but that's just the that's the price of being busy. However, I got a couple of things like there was a big Facebook scandal that just broke out uh, with analytics and data. And I, I'm thinking about writing a blog on my thoughts on that one because in the digital age, things are becoming a bit hairy. And I've listened to a couple of different people talk about the social media and the uh, the digital information that's shared online. And it, it's time for people to start thinking about how they go about using these things in their daily lives. And I wanted to give the perspective that I have as somebody who works in the job field that I work. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So... Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I am Fritz. This is FritzCast, and you can follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, F-R-I-T-Z, Q as in quail, S as in sexy. Yeah, I did say that. All right, it's Facebook.com slash the FritzCast, and as always, FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com and FritzCast.wordpress.com for my blog. I will be back next week. With a bigger episode jam-packed, because I'm actually going to have the way that it's going to work out, and I'll explain it in the next episode, is that I'm going to have a longer time next Friday to do an episode. So, all right, love, peace, chicken grease, and I'll see you guys next week.